Thanks for tuning in to our Rolling Hills Community Church Podcast. I'm Steve Horton, the Communications Director here at Rolling Hills, and today is the first week in our new series, The One. In just a moment, you'll hear from Pastor Jeff as he talks about dating and marriage in today's world. We'll be diving deep into Genesis 2 and exploring what biblical dating and marriage look like. Now, here's Pastor Jeff. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. I am so glad you're joining in today for worship. And whether you're live at one of our campuses in Franklin, Nolensville, or Nashville, or whether you're joining online from somewhere in the United States or somewhere around the world, I know and I pray that God has a word for you today. And I pray that we would grow deeper in Him and stronger in our relationship because of dedicating this time to Him, remembering the Sabbath and keeping it holy. Great job and starting your week off with the Lord. I'm excited today because today we're beginning a brand new series here at Rolling Hills. And it's a series called The One. And we're going to be talking about dating and marriage in today's world. And it's different. But our call is to be disciples of Christ. And you know, this is going to be a powerful series, I believe. Whether you're married, you're single, you're divorced, you're widowed, you're separated, wherever you are in your relationships, I believe God's got a word for you. Because God wants us to grow in our relationships. God wants us to have godly relationships. Now listen, there is a lot of dating advice out there, right? There's a lot of marriage advice out there. And some of it you just kind of go, really? I mean, you can watch The Bachelor, you can watch The Bachelorette, right? But I don't know too many people that are walking around and having 25 eligible, you know, bachelors or bachelorettes, you know, like other people out there. Uh, I don't see it, you know, I don't think it's real life, right? You can watch uh, Real Housewives and you can pick any city, Real Housewives of Detroit or Atlanta or Beverly Hills. And, and you talk about dysfunction. Oh man, you know, you can go to a celebrity marriage boot camp. You can go to Netflix shows. You can go to all these places. But we thought we would help you out today, and we got some advice from some people who are experienced in this area, and so we just want to show you a few things of what they would say and how they would encourage you. Here, check this out. Here's the first one. Look at this. Uh, from, here's Aline. Now, she's 90 years old. She says, make sure he has a loaded wallet. So great advice. So if you're dating, make sure he has a loaded wallet. Check this one out, right? Look at this. Find a girl with a good heart. Good advice. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at this. Hey, treat your girl like royalty, like a princess. Now that's good advice. That is good advice. Whether you're married or single, great advice. What about this? Joyce says, yes, please. I would like to go on a date. Really good. <laughs> Maybe that's you right there. Yeah. Yes, please. But the fact is there is a lot of advice out there. And I want to tell you this. God has a word for us. And we want to do it God's way. I mean, the God of the universe has said, hey, I created this. I created you. We can do this right and we can do this well. And so we want to come together today. We want to start this series. And I'm going to challenge you over these next four weeks. Say, I want to make this a priority. I want to make this a priority because you know, and I know, right? When things are going well in our dating relationship or our marriage relationship, man, it's great, right? Happy wife, happy life. But it's true for all of us. But when things are not good, we have those sleepless nights. We are a wreck emotionally, physically. It's hard. And so God says, you can do this. You can succeed. And so, hey, let's work on it. The next four weeks, let's dedicate our hearts and our lives to the Lord. Let's dedicate our dating relationships. Let's dedicate our marriage to Him. And let's watch God do a miracle in this area of our life. And I am so glad that you're a part and joining in today. So if you have a Bible... I want to invite you to go back with me to the very beginning, the very beginning of God's Word, right? 
Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1, the very first verse of the entire Bible. Now, if you don't have a Bible with you, wherever you are, uh, maybe you have a mobile device, you can access the Scriptures at Version. You can go on the Rolling Hills app, and there's a place there to take notes. There's also a place for the Scriptures there. But look at this, Genesis chapter 1, the way the Bible begins, it says this, in the beginning, God. Okay, we can stop right there, right? In the beginning, wasn't you and me, right? It was God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is sovereign over it all. And in the beginning, God, and what did God do? God created. That's what he did. He made it all. He started the whole thing. He knows how it works. And if you start going through here, you see the things he created. Look at verse three. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was, notice this, good. It was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And then it goes in each day what God created. You know, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five. And every single time as God created, you know, the earth and the sun and the moon and the stars and the animals and the vegetation, all these things, he would say, it is good. It is good. Look at verse 31. It says, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. Now we all know on the seventh day, God rested. It's the Sabbath, just like for us, right? We're taking the Sabbath, we're resting, we're worshiping. God did that. As you go to Genesis 2, it expands on as God created man. So look here in verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Life. Right out of the dust, God forms man. Look at verse 15. The Lord God (laughs) took the man and he put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So God creates man, right? And God puts man in this beautiful garden. I mean, just unbelievable garden of Eden. Think about the prettiest place you've ever seen. And he says, all of this is yours. All these trees, all these fruits, all of this is yours, except this one tree. Just stay away. We see at the beginning of time, God gave man free will, a choice to choose or not to choose. I could choose to do the things of God or I can not choose to do the things of God, right? So God puts man in the garden and there he is. And then look at this verse, verse 18. The Lord God said, it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. The only place we see in Genesis 1 and 2 that God said it's not good, and that was for man to be alone. So God created a helper. He created Eve for Adam, right? Come over here to verse 21. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs, and then he closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. Now, I want you to see this because this is so important. That when God created this partner, this helpmate named Eve for Adam, right? He he took a rib. He didn't take a bone out of Adam's foot for the man to lord over the woman, right? He didn't take a bone out of the man's head that man would be in submission to the woman. It was out of the side. It's this partnership. It's this relationship, this companionship that we see. 
Well, the man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why the man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. So the man leaves and cleaves to his wife, and the two, the man, the woman, become one flesh. And I love this verse 25. Adam and his wife were both naked, and they felt no shame. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's the way God designed it, right? They are in this beautiful garden. They are in right relationship with God. They're in right relationship with one another, right relationship in their marriage. They love each other. There's no shame. It is perfect. It is beautiful. It is the way God designed it to be. And it's what we all long for in our lives. So if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. I just want you to get these. I pray in my life, my marriage, I mean, I grow stronger and deeper, but I pray for all of us. So if you're on the Rolling Hills app, you can fill in some notes. If you're taking notes at one of our campuses, write some things down. And look at this. Number one, God created marriage. Just know that God created marriage. It's a gift from him. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Marriage is God's design. It's not man's design, it's God's design. It's innate in all of us, right? Every civilization that's ever existed has had marriage as a part of it. I mean, you go back and study history, you go back and look at all these different civilizations. Why? Because it's inside of us. It's the way God created the world to work. Now, you know this, right? All the ladies out there, if you're watching, you, you know this. Probably you Uh, When you were a young girl, you were growing up and you were thinking about your wedding day, right? You were already kind of planning it out and you couldn't wait for Prince Charming to come and you already had a picture of what he would look like. In fact, if I were to go out on a limb, you probably already thought about kids and you've already named those kids, right? Even when you were young, you had names for those kids. It's just inside of you. And and we see chick flicks and rom-coms and all this. There's this DNA part. Now, guys, guys out there, you probably didn't plan out your wedding, right? I mean, that wasn't like on your radar. But I guarantee you, when you were in middle school, high school, college, you started noticing the opposite sex. I mean, you know, right? And, and there was a tingling inside of you. There was a thought that you, I mean, you was just like, what is going on? I mean, it was something inside of you just went, wow, wow. And, and then later on, as you, as you got older, you couldn't wait. There was be like somebody that just capture your heart. You're like, oh man, I want to spend the rest of my life with them. It's inside of us. God's design. Look at this. There is biblical definition of marriage and there is a legal definition of marriage. And and I want you to see what happens here. If you keep going from, we're in Genesis 2. If you go into Genesis 3, what happens? The fall, right? Man sins. Man all of a sudden, you know, sees this tree and, and, and Satan tempts the man and the woman like, hey, you know, you sure you can't eat from this? And they're like, we don't have to do what God says. You know what? I mean, come on. We, we can do it our way, our way. We can do it our And they take and they eat and sin enters into the world. And so if you go from there to Genesis chapter four, what happens? You got sin, right? You got the first murder. You got Cain and Abel. And what's interesting is in, Verse 19, it says Lamech, this guy Lamech, married 
two women. You're like, what? I mean, where, where did that happen, right? I mean, why would he marry two women? I guess he's thinking, well, if one wife's good, you know, two's better, you know? And so, but you see this start to unfold. It wasn't the way God designed it to be, but you see this happen throughout the Old Testament. In fact, there's a guy named Solomon who ends up with 700 wives. They're like, what are you thinking, man? I mean, like, how do you keep up with them? I mean, you know, like, what is going on? But you see this start to drift. There's this biblical definition where God says, hey, there's one man, one woman, they come together. And then you see what begins to drift as this plays out. Even today, right? I mean, you can look at our world and our society and you have a biblical definition of marriage and now you have a legal definition of marriage. Now we love everyone always, right? That's who we are. It's what we do. Praise God. But, but I just want to encourage you, listen to what God said in the way God created it. Okay, look at this. God gave marriage for a purpose. For companionship, it's not good for man to be alone, right? We want somebody to share life with. We want somebody to share our heart with. We want somebody to go to Target with, right? We want, we want somebody there, but also for reproduction, reproduction. You know, there's 613 laws in the Old Testament. And the Jews would say, the very first law is this, be fruitful and multiply, Right? And so here you see reproduction. I mean, it's the way the body's designed. Physically, one man, one woman come together, there's reproduction. They fit together perfectly. It's the way God made it. God made all of this. Hey, the sanctity of marriage. When you look here, what you're seeing, and sanctity means sacred. This is something holy. This is something that's a gift. This is something that's set apart. There is a sanctity of marriage as we see this unfold here. Uh, you know, I was 26 years old when I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and I left Texas and came here. I was a student pastor at a church downtown Nashville. And, and here I am, 26, single, and I moved here, and I, I'm here for a couple of months, and I get this call. And, and this person called me, and she said, hey, we're having a Sunday school party. And I was like, okay. And she said, I'm uh, at this Sunday school, you know, at the church and it's for single adults. And we, we, you know, we've heard that you're here and you're single and we'd love for you to come to the party. And I was like, hey, that sounds great. You know, tell me about you. And so we ended up talking for like two hours and she was amazing. And I was like, oh, I'm going to that party. I mean, like, I'm gonna definitely go to that party. Well, the party was a Christmas party. It was in Bellmead. It was at this like swanky house, this thing. And it was a dress up, formal kind of party. And so I show up for the party and I, and I walk in this massive house and everything. And I start asking people, hey, anybody know where uh, Lisa Lanier is? You know, I, I, I talked to her. I've never met her, but Lisa Lanier. And about that time, this, this girl I was talking to said, yeah, Lisa, she's right there. And there was a spiral staircase at this house. And I looked up and it was like out of a movie. Lisa is coming down the spiral staircase in this little black dress. And I was just like, whoa, you know, like, I mean, it was unbelievable moment right there. My mind my, my, like, wow. And I was so wowed. I didn't even notice the six foot five blonde headed guy right behind her holding her hand. And, you know, like, and she comes down to the end of the steps and we start talking and I'm like, you failed to mention this six foot five blonde guy right here. So it took us a couple of weeks to kind of get rid of that guy and move on. And I was, man, I was head over heels. 
And so Lisa and I, we dated, and it, it was amazing. We ended up breaking up for a little while. I mean, I thought God may have been calling me to go to the mission field and, and to go out there, and we ended up back together. And there was this other aha moment. And we were standing at the altar of that church, and I'm standing there just shaking, and all the music's there, and those back doors open, and there's Lisa, and she is stunning. She's in this wedding dress, and she starts coming down. And I can't even tell you, but there was this holy moment as God brought the two of us together. And I am forever grateful. What a gift. What a gift. All right, look at this. It's okay to be single. Guys, get this. It's okay to be single. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib that he had taken out of the man— Notice that, two independent people, and he brought her to the man. He brought her to the man. See, you are fully you without being married. You know, that's what I'm saying. You're fully you. You have dreams. You have goals. You have desires inside of you. Fulfill those. God has placed that in you. You have a unique DNA outside of being married. So wherever you find yourself today, if you're single, you're dating, you're, you know, you've widowed, wherever you are, you be you, all right? You be you. See, marriage doesn't complete you. Only God completes you. You know, we get caught up in Jerry Maguire, don't we? You complete me. You know, it's just like, oh, right? But, but no, 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 no. It, 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 you know, that's not it. Marriage is a gift. It's amazing. It's the sanctity. It's this holy moment. But God's the one who completes you. There is a hole in every one of our hearts that can only be filled by God. It's the way we were created. That's why this worship is inside of us. And sometimes we can take and begin to worship another person, worship somebody we're dating or worship a spouse. But we have got to understand it's God who completes us. And when I complete in Him, then I can be holistic in my marriage. Wait for the right person to marry. Guys, wait for the right person person to marry. You know, I talked to a lot of uh, young, you know, single adults. I talked to a lot of college students. And, and so often, so often, man, I mean, they just want to be married, right? It's like, I just, I just want this. I, and sometimes it's the pressure. I've got to be married before I'm out of college, right? I got to be married or engaged. And you're going, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait for the right person. Now, sometimes People meet, you know, somebody like when they're in middle school. You know, you hear those things. We have people at our church who met in middle school. You know, like they're still together. Praise God, you know. Or you meet in high school. Or you meet. But, but for you, at some point, you wait and you say, man, God, I want your will in my life. Look what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And I tell you, this world has a whole different idea about dating and marriage. I mean, you can get a Tinder and all this kind of stuff, right? but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You be different. You do it God's way. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. See, God has this perfect will for your life. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I think there's some people that settle for God's good will, right? I mean, they're like, man, I, I, I want this, but I'm just gonna settle. I'm just gonna, you know, just go with somebody. And there's other people who just settle for the pleasing will. But I want to tell you, there is God's perfect will. Now, God can redeem, and he does all the time. 
You know, and he makes great things out of things that like, hey, I made this choice, but God redeemed that. He made, but, but man, that we can be, if you're single, you can be in the center of God's will, waiting for God's perfect person for you. We have to understand that. And you know what that means? That means this. You gotta date the right people, right? I mean, if you're a single or you're a widow or, or listen, you're divorced, you, you gotta date the right people. And that's why it's important, you know, be around godly people, be at church, go on eHarmony, you know, find people who are godly. There's this thing about being unequally yoked. You're dating somebody who's not a believer, you go out on missionary dating, and right, I'm gonna lead them to the Lord. But what can happen is they can lead you astray. You want the perfect person, you want the person that God has for you. And it's worth waiting for. I wanna tell you, they are worth waiting for. <laughs> You know, hey, God does call some people to be single. And I don't want you to miss that today. You know, when I was 26 and I was single uh, and there would be people who would come up to me and be like, hey, you know, like, are you going to get married or what's going on? And, and I would always say, well, Jesus was single. I mean, you know, like, we're supposed to be like, yeah, you? you know, Paul was single, right? Mother Teresa is single. I mean, so there are people that God calls to be single. If he calling you to be single, do ministry. Right? Do the work of ministry. Paul's like, I wish you were like me so that you could do greater ministry. Be faithful in that time. Uh, you know, when Lisa and I did break up for a little while, and I thought maybe God's called me to be like Paul or God's called me to be a missionary and, and to go overseas somewhere. And, uh, but the amazing part was I was able to watch her. And I watched her at church. She served. She led small group for, you know, elementary kids. She worked with fifth graders and sixth graders and, and she poured into them. She went on mission trips. And I was like, wow, there's a partner. There's somebody that we can do ministry together. And it was like, God was drawing my heart to her as I watched her serve. So wherever you are, listen, if you're a single adult, get involved, you know, serve. Use your gifts, use your talents, use what God created in you to make a difference for his glory. Pour into others, you be you. And in God's timing, in God's timing, he'll bring the right person. All right, look at this one. God wants you to have a great marriage. Guys, just know that God is for you and he's for your marriage. He wants you to have a great marriage. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. Wow. Isn't that what you want? Be in right relationship in marriage. Hey, intimacy is a wonderful aspect of marriage. You know, intimacy is what we long for, right? To be fully known and fully accepted. Now, what we could do is we can equate this word to sex. And sex is great. I mean, let's be honest, God created it. It's sex in the confines of marriage is fantastic. But sex is also like fire, you know? And fire is wonderful. When you go camping, you need the light, you need the warmth, you need to be able to cook your food, you need the fire. But outside of the right context, man, that fire can destroy. And we see that in the world, right? It can destroy a lot of lives and a lot of people. And maybe you're still dealing with some of that emotionally and the things that have happened outside of marriage. But when I'm telling you, when it's in marriage, when it's done right, that intimacy is fantastic. And so that's why God says, this is why I've given it to you. Trust me in this one. 
Trust me in this one. See, sex is more than physical. I mean, it is emotional, right? There, there is something that comes together as spiritual. We want that in our marriage. We want that in our marriage. Hey, don't trade love for lust. Don't trade love for lust. Love is what can I do for you? <laughs> lust is what can you do for me? And the world's always gonna sell us this cheap imitation, lust. That's what love is. Love is I will wait. Lust is I want it now. Lust is I want it now. Love is I'll wait. I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna do it God's way. I'm gonna love. And for us to be people of love, for us to be people of grace, for us to be people who do things right. Hey, fight against shame in your marriage. Fight against shame in your marriage. You know, for those of you who are married or who want to be married one day, right? Or have a future marriage. You know, shame always kind of enters in. And there's past mistakes that people have made and you bring that into your marriage. And that becomes something bitter. That becomes something that, that becomes a wedge many times in a marriage. And you have to go, I'm going to move past that because I want to connect with you emotionally. I want to connect with you spiritually. I want us to have a great marriage. And I'm not going to let the past come in and define that. Sometimes, you know, shame even comes in like with our bodies and, and how we look and we get caught up in that. We got to go, hold on, I'm going to get older. I want to have a love that lasts no matter what we look like, no matter if we end up in a wheelchair. I'm going to love you because it's deeper than the physical. It is emotional. It's spiritual. It's what God put inside of us for marriage. Hey, grow your marriage. Guys, grow your marriage. Growing a great marriage takes work. Having intimacy in your marriage takes work. But I want to tell you, it's worth it. It is so worth it. Lisa and I have been married 19 years. Next year will be 20 years. And it gets better every year. I mean, honestly. Now, there are ups and downs, right? There's new dynamics that come in. When you start to have kids, it comes in. It changes the dynamic. I mean, it just does, Right? Uh, you know, jobs and all these things and finances and, and all these things. But you can work at it and you can have a great marriage. It's God's desire for you. And that's why we're talking about this because we want to do it right and we want to do it well. All right, look at this one. In order to find the one, lowercase, right? You need to fall in love with the one, uppercase. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. So here's what Jesus would say, right? When the Jews were saying, hey, the first commandment out of the 613 in the Old Testament, be fruitful, multiply. Jesus comes along and says, actually, let me just tell you, the first and the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God. <laughs> love the Lord your God. Start here. And he takes this Old Testament verse, right? That's the Shema, Deuteronomy 6, right? But he takes it and he says, get this relationship right first. You know, only in God can you truly be fulfilled. Only in God can you truly be fulfilled. You know, it says in Acts, right? There is no other name. There is no other name by which man must be saved, right? It's the name of Jesus. And so if you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, this is where you start. If you want to have healthy relationships here, you've got to start here. And maybe a day is a day of salvation. Maybe a day you just go, Jesus, come in. Forgive my sins. Forgive my past. 
forgive my mistakes. I haven't done it right. I haven't done it well. We've all made mistakes. We all have regrets in the past. But God, you forgive me. You redeem me. You restore me so that I am whole and healthy and I can truly love those that you put around me. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing about marriage. Marriage, as great as it is, as great as it is, it's temporary. It's only for this world. And Jesus tells us that. Matthew chapter 22, uh, the Sadducees, these religious leaders came up to Jesus and, and they didn't believe in the resurrection. And so they said, Jesus, uh, what about this, right? If there really is a resurrection, then what about this man who's married and, and then he dies? And so the law says that his brother, like if they didn't have kids, right? His brother would take the woman as his wife to make sure that she wasn't isolated on her own. If you were a widow back then, you were in trouble. And so, well, so now she's married to his brother. But then what if he dies and she's now married to his brother? What if he has seven brothers and she's married seven times? Then see, when she dies, who's she gonna be married to in the resurrection? I mean, come on. You know what Jesus said? He goes, here's where you're wrong. Here's where you're wrong. In the resurrection, there is no marriage. You're not given in marriage. You're like the angels, right, in heaven. Now, for some of you, you're like, oh, no, that's terrible because you have this great marriage. You want to be married, right? And Lisa and I have talked about that. Like, I love you. I want to be with you. For others of you, you're like, all right, that's cool. You know, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I believe, and the scripture teaches, we are going to know each other in heaven. We will. I'm like, Lisa, we're going to be there together. You know, somehow it's going to be different, but our kids are going to be grown. But you think about it, we'll all be together. And I can't wait. Every tongue, every tribe in right relationship with one another. But marriage is temporary. It's for this life that God created us for one another, a helper. But God is sovereign. And God is the alpha and omega. Fall in love with him first. Put him first. See, Who you marry is the second most important decision of your life. Who you marry is the second most important decision. I mean, it impacts everything else, right? It's going to impact generations as you have families. That's why you want to have a healthy marriage. But it's second. So number one, your relationship with God. Hey, settle that question. Number two, who you marry. I love this quote from Sacred Marriage. What if God designed marriage to make us holy, (laughs) more than to make us happy. What if God designed marriage to make us holy, right? Because the goal of our lives is to be conformed to the image of Christ. And I have to be honest with you guys. I never knew how selfish I really was until I got married. And then I realized, wow, I got a lot of work to do. God's got a lot of work to do on me. I never really knew how to love until I got married and then have kids. But God is shaping you and God is using your spouse or your future spouse as a part of that process. It's not just, hey, that I'm happy every moment. Woo, right, you know? There's gonna be times that you struggle, but it's in those times that you grow closer to God and you grow closer to one another. Look at this one. Prioritize God as the one of your life. Prioritize God as the one. So here's your priorities. God first, spouse second. Then children, then career. And when you get these priorities right, everything seems to click. When you get these off, right, when all of a sudden, you know, ladies, when you move children over God or you move children over your spouse, there's trouble. Guys, when you move career over God or you move career over your spouse, there's trouble. You you have God first, you have your spouse, 
Then you have your children, then you have your career. Prioritize God as the one of your life. I saw the other day the top three causes of divorce in America. And top three causes of divorce. Number two is this, problems over money. (laughs) You probably could have guessed that, right? You've probably had a lot of disagreements or discussions over money. But you can get better at that. And we're going to talk about that in this series. Number three, cause of divorce, problems over sexual misconduct. Yeah, and it's heartbreaking, right? It's just heartbreaking. When we do things outside of the way God created, it's terrible. It's destructive. But the number one cause is problems over faith. Problems are, you're like, really? Yeah, because one's pursuing the Lord or wants to go to church or raise the kids in church or, or teach them Christian values. And, and so there's this conflict. That's why you are equally yoked. That's why you marry someone who loves the Lord. And that's why you grow together in the Lord. I got to show you this. I got to show you this. If you think about your marriage or your dating situation like a triangle, right? And you put God at the top. As you grow closer to the Lord, you're actually growing closer to your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. You grow closer to the Lord. And then you're growing stronger in your marriage. Put God first. That's what God wants for you. So are you pursuing the Lord? Are you growing deeper in Him? Hey guys, this is the time. This is the time. Uh, This morning, we're gonna have a chance to share communion together at all of our campuses and together online. Before we do, I want us to pray together. And so wherever you are, if you are watching this, you're at one of the campuses or you're watching online, if you're with your spouse, would you just reach out and grab their hand? And if you're, you know, single or you're dating, you wanna be married one day, or would you just open your hands to God? And let's pray like this. Let me pray for you, for us right now. Father God, we wanna do this right. We wanna do this well. God, you designed marriage. Father, you designed us. And so, Father, let us follow you. I pray for those who are out right now who are single, who, who want to be married or who are dating. And, and Father, I pray that you would give them the desire of their heart, that you had provided your timing the right person. Or maybe for some, you've called to be single so that they can serve you more. God, just give them peace and comfort in that fact and that truth. And Father, I pray for those who are married and God, that you would grow us deeper in our marriage. You know, things like COVID and and, and sin, Father, has come in and it's tried to put this pressure on our marriages. But I pray that we would grow stronger and deeper. And so Lord, for all of us, Lord Jesus, we just wanna commit our lives to you. We wanna grow personally in our relationship with you. And so give us a hunger for your word, for church, for community, for being deeper in our love for you. And we prioritize Christ today. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks again for tuning in. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit us on our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. Thanks again for being here. We're thankful for you.